Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate you joining me, giving me a little bit of your time. I appreciate those of y'all that continue to come back and share the podcast with others. I'm very grateful for that. Y'all help the podcast to grow when you tell people about it. Hopefully it gives you something to look forward to. Builds a little bit of our community. And hopefully it helps our nation. Even if just a little bit. Not a lot on the homestead. It, uh, Temperature dropped back down a little bit recently, which is kind of nice considering it's still technically winter. Um, my wife and I tend to disagree about this a little bit, but I'm much more of a fan of cold weather than I am hot weather. At any rate, that's about it right now, although one of the chickens has decided to start to lay in one of the dog houses. I don't think the dog's real pleased with that, although they might be because I think they're eating the eggs. So maybe there's some kind of deal there. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you and your son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the time to record this podcast, for the people that share it and listen to it, be with them. Guide us, Lord, bless us, surround us with your angels. Protect us from evil. Help us to do your will. Help us to get our priorities in order. Help us to help those that have less than we do, Lord. To help those who are hurting and alone and scared and don't know you. Or feel like they don't. Strengthen our own faith. Give us assurance. Be with our nation and those who lead us. Be with our military. Be with our law enforcement, our firefighters. Be with our teachers and educators. Help us to spend time with you each day, Father. So that others might see just a little bit of a reflection of the light of your son, Jesus Christ. And God, my words here, Lord, please, in your son's name we pray. Amen. It's been a while. I stumbled across some writing looking for podcasts topics on Alexis de Tocqueville. And so we're just going to read a little bit of his stuff. I've done it before on the podcast, but for those of y'all that have been around a while, but it's definitely a good reminder. One of the things 
that makes it so good to go back over is that he was a foreigner. You know, he was a Frenchman that came and observed. And a lot of times, as you all well know, regardless of how old you are, whether you're in junior high or high school, college, or adult of many years, problems are much clearer. You understand the situation much more from the outside looking in sometimes, not always. There's certainly times, situations where if you haven't been through something yourself, it's almost impossible to understand it. But sometimes, you know, you have a problem and you just can't figure it out. And then you've got a good friend and they come along and you're talking to them about it and they make some analogy or they make some comment and all of a sudden it clicks and you go, man, why didn't, why didn't I see that? And so I think it's good. There's a couple of men on this podcast, actually a few that we've talked about over the years who were outside observers and who have had some fantastic quotes about America and, and the reason that she has become so great. And so we're going to read a little bit, a few of his quotes, maybe next day or two, we'll see. Uh, he was a French statesman, historian, social philosopher. He toured the country in the 1830s with another Frenchman whose name I'm going to butcher, Gustave de Beaumont, if that's right. And their point was just kind of look at America, her people, different institutions. And then he published a two-part work in 1835 and 40 called Democracy in America. And it's been described, this is a quote out of America's Guide and Country Encyclopedia of Quotations by Federer. And you can find this stuff anywhere. Obviously, you can pull up Democracy in America. You can get it as a PDF and you can find these quotes I'm going to read and a number of others there. But I'm pulling out of this book. Actually, I'm pulling out of this book in the Patriot's Bible today. I think it's also in the Founder's Bible, little snippets of it. So It has been described as the most comprehensive and penetrating analysis of the relationship between character and society in America that has ever been written. And so we're going to read some quotes. Upon my arrival in the United States, the religious aspect of the country was the first thing that struck my attention. And the longer I stayed there, the more I perceived the great political consequences resulting from this new state of things. In France, I had almost always seen the spirit of religion and the spirit of freedom marching in opposite directions. But in America, I found they were intimately united and that they reigned in common over the same country. Folks, I, I really am not a fan of different denominations attacking each other. 
in Christianity. We ought to be focused on the things that build us up, that bind us together, our core values, our shared faith in Jesus Christ. That ought to be what we focus on. But you have to notice here that where the church in Europe, which was predominantly the Catholic Church out of Rome for so long, and you look at de Tocqueville's comment here about the fact that the church and freedom were often marching in opposite directions. You didn't get America and the liberty and the freedom that she has offered until you got the founders who were escaping that religious tyranny combination of the state and the church. And you just have to acknowledge that, and that has to be in the back of your mind a little bit, and you have you have to be a little wary of that. Uh, and that is in no way an attack on the faith of individual Catholics, because I have a number in my life. In fact, two of the the strongest influences probably on my young life friends of my parents certainly strong influences on them and therefore on me as far as faith goes and, and a genuine faith a faith that you could see by their actions uh, were Catholic my concern here the reason I bring it up at all is just, and it's really any denomination, folks. You see it, you see it today in the United States, in the mainline denominations. There's a there's a fine line between following the leadership. Of the church that's following Christ and blindly following the leadership of the church even when they're going directly against the Word of God and as individual Christians we're called to have discernment and know that that we have no responsibility to follow religious leaders when they're leading in a direction opposite of God and Jesus Christ. And as we've talked about the New Testament often in here, the only way to really get freedom and liberty is the Spirit of God. And so when you see them marching in opposite directions, like de Tocqueville was talking about here, in France, he had almost always seen them marching in opposite directions. Um, you need to, to take note of that, probably to move on, certainly to adjust something.
and you notice that he says that they were intimately united and reigned in common over the same country here in America. The spirit of freedom and the spirit of religion. We can't have freedom here in America without Christianity. It's not all religions, folks, because that's not what built this freedom and this liberty. It's God. It's the one true God, the Father of Jesus Christ. It's what allows freedom for other religions, ironically, because God gives us free will. And so a nation built on the gospel of Christ, like Patrick Henry said, is going to give free will to people. And and that's important. You have to have it. It's like Churchill said, you know, if, if the people want to be ruled by fools, they should be. But that doesn't make folly wisdom. You know, if we want to be ruled by idiots, we ought to be. But that doesn't make it a wise decision, folks. If we want to allow Islam, atheism, Buddhism, Hinduism to take over our nation, then we ought to be given that choice, and we have been. But it doesn't mean it's an intelligent decision. Religion in America must be regarded as the foremost of the political institutions of that country. For if it does not impart a taste for freedom, it facilitates the use of it. Indeed, it is this same point of view that the inhabitants of the United States themselves look upon religious belief. I do not know whether all Americans have a sincere faith in their religion, or who can search the human heart. But I am certain that they hold it to be indispensable to the maintenance of Republican institutions. This opinion is not peculiar to a class of citizens or a party, but it belongs to the whole nation and to every rank of society. This is such an important quote. This is one of the ones that I should add to the everyday podcast. Because there's there's two things. One, at the beginning, religion in America is regarded, must be regarded as the foremost political institute. It's not the Second Amendment, folks. It's not freedom of the press. It's not freedom of speech, even. Everything goes back to God. And if we don't have Christianity, everything else falls apart. So the people out there that you hear talking about, well, I'm... Fiscally conservative, but I'm socially liberal. No, you're not. Temporarily, you are. But the lack of morals, the lack of virtues, like we talk about here so often, is eventually going to shift over. And the other people, you hear a lot of people that claim to be conservative Christian, they go, oh, we got the Second Amendment. That's going to save us. No, it's not. Because if you have a ton of armed citizenry, just like places in Europe did going into the Second World War, you turn them all evil, you're just going to end up with a country full of guns in the hands of evil people. And you can make all the comments you want about whether government controls the people or the guns or not. The bottom line is, guns alone aren't going to save our nation. The Second Amendment, it can't save our nation unless it has a moral basis. Unless the people 
have the gospel of Jesus Christ at heart. The second thing that's so important here is that he talks about, you know, you, you can't search the human heart. Uh, you know, you don't know whether somebody's got faith in Christ or not. You can look at their actions. Do their actions line up with God and Jesus Christ? And I think that's a pretty good barometer for ourselves. You know, if, if we have doubts, when we have doubts, how do we treat those around us? How do we love our spouse? How do we love our children, our parents, our friends, our enemies? Do we follow the example of Christ? Are we trying to? And that gives you a pretty good indication of your own faith. Uh, another little side note, just for those of y'all who struggle with doubts, like I do so often, I'll reiterate my father's comforting words to me from years and years ago. You know, if you're afraid of whether you really believe that's a pretty good indication that you do believe. Because why would you be why would you be afraid of something that's not there? You know, if I look outside and I don't see uh, a wolf or a mountain lion or something you know, if I'm, if, if I don't see some danger, like I'm looking out my window right now, then why would I be afraid of it? There's nothing to be afraid of. And so that, and that's always comforted me. I hope it comforts y'all a little if you struggle with doubt. Um, but he talks about here, notwithstanding that, all of the people in the nation held it to be indispensable religion, Christianity, to the maintenance of a Republican government, of Republican institutions. And it wasn't just one party or class. It wasn't just the, the political class or the elites or the powerful or the poor or the, or the needy either. It was everybody. It cut across rank and society, every rank of society, the whole nation. And it's one of the things we talk about on the podcast so often here. You don't have to be Christian in order to be American, but if we as a people across every class and rank of society don't acknowledge that we need the principles of Christ in order for our Republican form of government to continue, we're going to lose it. And that was the overwhelming view at the beginning. You got to realize, right, when he was here observing the 1830s, that was 50 years, give or take since the very beginning of our nation. Really less than that when you start to look at the, at the Constitution. So, I, you dare say that this guy had a much better clue about what was really going on on the ground than the people that we hear today, the politicians and the so-called reporters and commentators online or the people that are pretending to rewrite history. We, we've got to have that. And, and the fact that we don't, when, you know, when he said it, but it belongs to the whole nation, that's part of the problem today is that we don't have that anymore. The Calvin Coolidge quote about 
if it ever ceased to be practically universal. Those beliefs in the Bible that our country would fail. And that's why we're failing today, folks. We, we don't have those shared core values. How do we get those back? We have to teach them to ourselves, to our children, to others. That's why the education system is so important. It's a huge battle for the soul of our nation. We'll come back and talk about the Tocqueville some more. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.